0: Hey there, everybody. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to go ahead and offer the usual disclaimer. As the name would suggest, I'm just an average guy, I'm not a theologian, and I have no Bible degrees of any sort. The topics covered in this podcast are the results of my own study and understanding, and any and all opinions expressed are just that, my own opinions. I encourage everyone listening to treat this not as an end-all be-all for your understanding, but as a jumping-in point for your own study. I hope that the verses and perspectives provided inspire you to cultivate further growth in your spiritual walk. Now with all that out of the way, let's get into the episode. What is up everybody, welcome back to An Average Count of Exceptional Things. My name is Chandler and I'm your host, thanks for joining us today. Alright, well this episode may be just a little bit longer due to the nature of the topic that we're covering today, but I will try to keep things brief and concise when possible so that hopefully this doesn't run super long. I know that we all have lives and the whole point of this podcast is to give you something that you can take and study on your own and apply to your life. And so sitting here for hours is a little contrary to my mission statement. So first off, we're going to open with a little bit of housekeeping This is the second half of a two-part mini-series where we're talking about salvation, how it works, and why we need it. So if you were here last week, we talked about our sinful nature as a broken creation, a.k.a. why do we need saving. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I would highly encourage you to just go ahead and pause this episode, go back to last week's, and give that a listen. All right. Sorry for that awkward pause. If you're still here, I'm going to assume that you are good to go with everything that we talked about last week, because we will be working from where we left off there. Now that we've established that all of us are, at our core, broken by sin, today's episode will be covering the key points of salvation, as well as the natural response to salvation, which is repenting from our sins. These two topics are intertwined, so It's a little bit hard to know which to start with, which to discuss first, and so I'm going to try to keep this episode as structured as possible, just so things aren't too messy. I'm not trying to give you a spaghetti episode where everything just zigs and zags back and forth, so just bear with me here, and I'll do the best I can. A quick recap. As we covered last week, everything done apart from God is sin. This is going to be important to the topics we're discussing today. And this is our definition of what sin is. Additionally, I'm going to go ahead and define salvation. If you've been listening for a little while, you know that I always like to go ahead and define the key terms, just so that we're all working from the same starting point. So salvation, in a religious context, in this Christian context, is deliverance from the power and effects of sin. And I will go ahead and throw out our first scripture reference for today. Most people have probably heard this verse, and uh, if you haven't, then no worries. It is John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Whether you're familiar with that verse or not, I think it's still very helpful to cover. I'll forego the context and breakdown on this particular verse, because I think that's pretty straightforward. You'll hear this verse referenced a lot because at its core, this is the verse to describe salvation, and it is pivotal to the gospel story. So I'm going to go ahead and jump right into our first discussion question for today, which is, how does a person go about getting saved, right? We know what salvation is, this deliverance from the power of sin over our lives. How does that work? How do you get that deliverance? And for this, I'm going to reference a classic acronym. It's ABC. Admit, Believe, Confess. Once again, several people may be familiar with this, but I think that it never hurts to talk about it and never hurts to recap some of this stuff because if you're not a Christian, you're hearing this for the first time, I think it'll be extremely helpful. And if you are a Christian, then let this be a refresher as you go out and share the gospel with others. Number one, A stands for admit. You admit that you're a sinner and that you need a Savior. This goes right back to the things we covered in the last episode, outlining our brokenness and our need for saving. So all that's kind of covered by what we talked about last week. Step two, the B stands for believe. You believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior. Believe that he died on the cross to cover the penalty for our sins that we could never pay on our own. That he rose from the grave, conquering sin and death. For this one, I'm going to include a scripture reference, and we are going back to good old Romans. This one's going to be from chapter 10, and it's going to be verse 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So here's the scriptural basis for point number two, which is believing that Jesus can save you, believing that Jesus came as the perfect sacrifice to cover our sins. And number three, the C stands for confess. If you look this up, you may also find that some people will use call instead for call upon his name, but I've always heard it as confess. Either way, the point is the same. This is where you ask God to save you from the judgment that you are due for the sins you've committed admitting that you need saving and believing the gospel message with the understanding that Christ has the power to wash away our sins and that only he has that power, you then ask for salvation, welcoming God into your heart. And I do also have a scripture reference for this to back it up, and it's going to be right after that last verse that I read, which is going to be Romans 10, and this is going to be 10 through 13. the third step of calling upon God and asking and welcoming him into your life. Our impure attempt at righteousness is at this point completely covered by the perfect righteousness of Christ. I've heard it said before that once you're saved, when God looks at you, he doesn't see your sins, he doesn't see the mistakes that you've made, he sees the cross. The sacrifice that covers all of that and brings you back into the fold. Hopefully, when you hear it laid out like this with the ABC acronym, the steps of salvation seem pretty simple. But in a, in a very easy to digest layout here, this is how a person goes about getting saved, accepting that free gift of salvation. Now, you may have noticed that I just said the words free gift, And this is going to bring us into our next point. This is not so much a question, it is more of a statement and an important distinction to make about salvation in the Christian context. And that is that salvation is not about your works. This is a common misconception that someone can do enough good to offset their sin, or that God will save you because of the good works you do. And while it's in our human nature... To think that we can work enough, that we can get square with God. That's just not how salvation works. As outlined in the last episode, even our best deeds and righteousness are as filthy rags. When we are saved, it isn't because we became righteous enough, it is purely because of God's love for us and the forgiveness that stems from that. This is something that comes straight from Scripture. So I'm not making this up. I will go ahead and provide the scripture reference for this as well. This is going to come from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So the important note here is that even through the process of covering our transgressions with his perfect forgiveness... God is glorified rather than ourselves being glorified. If we were the ones that were glorified through this, if we could work enough to save ourselves, that would lift us up, which is contradictory to step number one of admitting our depravity and brokenness, right? ABCs, number one, admit. Admit that you need saving. And so you see, once again, That through this process of salvation, God has designed it perfectly, as always. That we cannot boast that we saved ourselves. Every person who is saved admits that, hey, I can't save myself, but I know someone who can save me. I know a Savior who came and paid the penalty in my place because of his love for me. Remember this fundamental aspect of salvation. If anyone ever tells you that you have to believe in Christ, ask for forgiveness, and do something else, then you're hearing a false gospel. Only through believing in Christ, accepting that you are broken in need of a Savior, and then inviting God into your heart are you saved. And you don't have to do anything else. There's no extra work. There is no extra tithe this much or make a big donation to the church, that's not how it works. It really is as simple as ABC. We are saved by grace alone, and that's not to say that works don't matter, but it is to say that our works do not have saving power over our souls. Let me just say that one more time. Our works do not have the power To save our souls. Keep that in mind. And this brings us, very smoothly, right into our next point. If works aren't what save us, then what about repentance? What about all of the other commandments of how Christians are to live? Allow me to explain that. When you're saved, and you may recall that earlier I used the phrase welcoming God into your heart or welcoming God into your life, your heart is changed as a result of that free gift of salvation. And the things that you seek after and the things that you desire are also changed because those things stem from the contents of your heart. Though our sinful flesh is still going to hunger for sinful things of this world, our hearts should desire to honor and glorify God. It's not that We are saved because of our works, not at all. But we repent and turn away from our old sinful ways because we have been saved. It is the salvation that inspires our good works, not the good works that affect our salvation. Here's an example, something a little more finite, if it helps. You've been out hiking for days. You get home, and the first thing you want to do if you're anything like me, is take a shower. And then when you get out of the shower, what do you do? Well, you don't put on the same dirty clothes that you had on before when there's a nice, clean, pressed outfit ready to go right beside of those dirty clothes. And you may be asking, well, what does this have to do with the point that we just talked about? It's this. You didn't shower for the purpose of putting on clean clothes right? You showered because you were dirty, maybe stinking a little bit, and you needed to be clean. However, because you showered to get clean, you then proceeded to put on the clean clothes. Putting on your dirty, nasty old clothes would just be outright silly. Another point to note here is that God's perfect forgiveness for our sins and the fact that God is faithful to forgive us of our sins is not a free pass to sin with no penalty. A lot of times, I think people have a misunderstanding that, oh, well, yeah, God will forgive me for a sin whenever I commit it, so I don't need to worry about repenting, turning away from that, because I can just ask God to forgive me again. God will forgive you. God is, like I said, faithful to forgive. But that's not the response that we need to have. And once more, I will back this up with scripture. Sorry to delve deeply into Romans. I know this may feel like the last couple episodes have been a Book of Romans Bible study, but there's just so much that is really good from Romans when we're talking about the process of salvation and everything that goes along with that. So we're gonna get into Romans chapter six. It's gonna be verses one and two. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? This is the takeaway that I want to bring to light here. Though God is faithful to forgive us, it is not right for us to continue on living in sin as we did before, as this does not reflect the life-changing work that God has done in our hearts when we are saved. When we have that heart change, when we are made new by the gift of salvation, by the Holy Spirit entering our hearts and our lives, our actions should reflect that. You're not the same as you were before. You don't go back to doing those same sinful things that you were doing before. Once we're saved, the goal then becomes to be a good and faithful servant and to share that good news with others. A little tangent here about sharing the good news right now that we have covered a lot of the meat and potatoes of salvation how it works and why we need it you are equipped to not only apply that in your own life but also to share the wonderful news that we have a savior who will completely and fully cover our sins a great illustration of this that i heard from a good friend of mine is imagine that someone gifts you a new hunting rifle now if you're not into hunting no worries this is just the example you can sub this in with whatever you like whatever you're about but he said let's say that someone gives you a new hunting rifle it's nice it's a beautiful rifle and it's got a full box of shells ready to go that's when someone shares the gospel with you and here's the great part though my friend said. You can take that rifle, that brand new beautiful rifle and the ammunition and give it away to someone else. Give it to your friends. Give it to your family. Give it to someone you just met on the street. But then when you go home, it's still there. You still have it. That's how the gospel is. Once you receive the good news of the gospel, you can share that with others You can give them that same gift and still have it yourself. Isn't that amazing? I'd never heard that illustration before, but I think that that perfectly encompasses the mindset that we should have when going out and sharing our testimonies and the reasons behind our faith with others. So that pretty much sums up all of the big key points and takeaways for this episode, and that's going to kind of wrap up the deep dive, the more heavy-duty stuff about this set of topics. So I do want to go ahead and move into a little bit of closing thoughts here. Now I know that there is a lot here, and there is still plenty that we can discuss. Some of these topics that I've just lightly touched on through the last couple episodes may be topics for full future episodes, but for the sake of brevity and keeping the information presented in a digestible volume, I'm going to go ahead and end the new content here. A few things to note, though, as we're wrapping things up. Think back to John 3.16, and then refer to the ABCs, Admit, Believe, Confess. You will notice that these things are things that anyone can do, right? anyone who believes can be saved there is no restriction on race or ethnicity not on gender not on social status or any other marker and great news because we are not saved by our works this is not a barrier to salvation for any person either this is as you've heard me say in this episode a free gift of salvation. And it's available to all people. Often I've found that people tend to view Christianity as very exclusive. And in one sense, I think that you could make a case that it is. Because as Christians, we believe that there is only one way to heaven, the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And that is through Christ. That's why it's called Christianity. In the most important sense, however, I would say that Christianity is actually not exclusive at all. Anyone can be a Christian, and all that it takes is the acceptance of Jesus Christ into your life as Lord and Savior. Anyone can be a Christian. There is nothing that stops any person on this earth from becoming a Christian if they are willing to admit, believe, confess. And if you're sick and tired of hearing me say those ABCs, just stick with me because hopefully that will be the last one for the episode. But hey, maybe it'll stick in your mind. But this right here is one of the most important things that I'm going to say probably in the whole episode. If this is lighting a fire in you, if you have questions, if this has sparked something inside you, don't wait. I said something similar at the end of last episode, and I'm going to urge anyone listening that feels like this has been a call to action, don't wait. Pray to God earnestly to save and forgive you if you need his saving power in your life. Talk to friends and family who may be knowledgeable. Or go talk to a local pastor. And just know this, we are not promised tomorrow. So if God is knocking at the door to your heart right now, Let today be the day that you open that door and allow him to wash away all those past transgressions and shame. Because Jesus is waiting with open arms to receive anyone who will open their hearts and let him in. This officially concludes episode 6, Salvation. Like I said at the beginning, I encourage everyone listening to use the topics covered in this episode as a gateway into your own study of God's Word. Hopefully one of the verses mentioned or perspectives offered has inspired you to dig deeper and further your understanding of who God is, and then take that understanding and apply it to your daily walk. With all that said, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of An Average Count of Exceptional Things. And until next time, encourage one another, love your enemies, and count your blessings.